reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 26, Episode 3 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. And my name is Kimmy. And that's it. Just the two of us for now. For now. But over the next 24 hours, you'll have five people at a time. Yep. In groups of eight. We're all resting up, getting ready. Groups of five. Eight groups of five. Six groups of five. Isn't eight? Yeah. Four four hours. Yeah. Six, you're right. Math. (laughs) I did all the organizing. I know exactly how many games are happening. In case you don't know what we're talking about... (laughs) This is the kickoff of Rainbow Railroading 2020. This is our fundraiser for the Rainbow Railroad. Yes. And we're going to be talking about that. And then also we have an email, uh, see, from Andrew, who writes in about a court game in L5R. Mm-hmm. And then Eric from New Jersey writes in about a comic book store experience. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Yeah. We have a forum, happyjacksforum.com. Go to happyjacksforum.com. Go engage in a flame war. Or There's no flame. An it's very, erudite discussion. It's very. It's a very cool, friendly community. There's not flame wars. And we're on the social medias. Happy Jacks RPG, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and MeWe. Yep. And if you'd like to watch the show live, we do the show at 7.08 p.m. Pacific Time, plus or minus eight minutes. Every Friday night, happyjacks.org slash live. But first, Kimmy wants to talk about Rainbow Railroading. Go. Yes, I do. So much stuff. Okay, so we just started streaming, and there will be someone entertaining you here for the next 24, actually 25 hours, because we're not stopping until 8 p.m. tomorrow night. Um, we are stopping the stream in between games, just because both Twitch and YouTube have... Uh, length limits of their videos so we're going to stop for like two minutes between each game switch out all the players um and then start right back up again with the next game um we have some amazing prizes tonight so i'm very very excited about that so overall for the very top donor of the whole evening we have a year-long subscription to the envy level monthly box from dice envy So if you don't know who Dice Envy is, they're an amazing company. I'm sure you've heard about them. Um, They do a subscription box for Dice every single month. So basically for one year, you will get a new set and a bunch of other cool stuff of Dice from Dice Envy and their collectible special sets. They're very cool. So that is like the top donor of the entire entire event. Um, We are actually leaving the donation page up for a month? Yes, one month. For a whole month. So we're going to wait until the end of that month and the top donor of the whole month will get that prize. However, all the other prizes are time dependent this evening. So, for the first game, which is Adam's game, and he is running Spirit of 77. Let's see how much I have this I'll remember. Uh, The top uh, donor for that game will get a Dungeon in a Box subscription Mm -hmm. for one month. So you'll get this cool box. It's all the different things. It's like a whole um, adventure in there with like little like minis and the whole thing in there. Plus, you'll get an oversized uh, D20 from Dice Envy. So... Um, we also have a whole bunch of other stuff. They'll be announcing during all the games. Um, at one point, let's see, we have a Hero Forge co- code for $35, so you can build a custom mini. Mm-hmm. We have this amazing bundle of, I think it's 12 um, different downloadable codes from different indie game designers who all put it in together. Oh, that's so awesome. So in one bundle, you get, like, 12 different games and cool stuff. Cool. So it's very awesome. Um, other stuff, we have a special publisher's copy of Icarus um, from Hunter's Entertainment and Spencer Stark, who's an amazing designer. Um, we have 
a bunch of cursed dice sets with certificates. Oh, they saying that Stork touched them, <laughs> so you can get those. And he did. He totally did. He, it had a big, massive dice, and he swirled his hand around inside of it and thought sad thoughts. <laughs> yes. So you can give those to someone you dislike, or you're just your GM. It's like um, loaded dice, but no one can tell no by looking knows. at them. Yeah. Uh, we have a Fantasy Grounds Ultimate License. So they have all these amazing tools online, and you can basically run games um, with a whole bunch of different uh, things there. So it's like a whole ultimate license for that, which is very expensive and very nice. Hold uh, on. Ed yeah. from Minnesota. Stork touched the dice with his hands. Thank you very much. And I think it was just his left hand. He wanted to know what he yeah, what Stork touched yeah, it with. Yeah, no, definitely hands. Nothing nothing gross. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't touch them to mail them to you <laughs> if they were that. I wouldn't do that. Um, we have a bundle from Magpie Games. Um, with uh, Masks and Urban Shadows PDFs of the full games. Oh, cool. Which is really great. Um, and we also have, at another point, um, we're giving away their Ashcan, a, a, a bundle of their Ashcan games, PDFs of all that stuff. Cool. Yeah, awesome. so that's really good. So, and there's a bunch of other stuff. But, yeah, basically every game you have, a, all, for the whole month you have the top top donor prize you can get. Every game has a top donor of the game, and then they have two... Uh, other prizes for the top donor of the first half of the game and then the top donor of the second half of the game. So it's very exciting. Excellent. And for those who don't know, Kimmy, Hi. what does Rainbow Railroad do? Rainbow Railroad is an incredible charity organization that helps LGBTQIA plus people who are in countries that are putting their lives in danger with their laws and policies and things like that. Um, and it gets them to safety. So we became aware of them last year when we started this event. Um, as you know, there was a very well-known game company that came out with a splat book or with a, a new edition that had things that were actual harmful things that were happening to people in Chechnya, in Chechnya, mm-hmm. um, as part of their setting, um, which is very upsetting to a lot of people <laughs> in the gaming community. <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, very upsetting to obviously a lot of people in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, so our response to that was to raise money for Rainbow Railroad and help find a way to get those people out of those situations. Um, and Rainbow Railroad is incredible. They're fantastic. Um, we got we're ra- we were able to raise over six thousand dollars from the last year. Right. Um, and we're hoping to get over ten thousand this year. And that's an important number because yeah. that is approximately how much it costs them to get someone out of the country they're in to some place where they'll be safe. Right, absolutely. So um, if you'd like to donate, please go to happyjacks.org slash rainbow. Um, and uh, all the donations there, if you want to, do- to donate um, uh, anonymously, you can do that. Um, if you want to win prizes, don't do that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So it's it's amazing, and they've been in contact with us. They're very excited about this event. Um, they're a smaller charity, uh, so like they they don't have like the mega bucks to do a ton of marketing and things like that. Right. And the best thing about them is, I believe it's like ninety percent, almost ninety percent of their income, like the, their actually the donations actually go to their cause. So they're not spending a huge portion on overhead as far as like administrative tasks or marketing and things like that. So they're really out there, really helping people. All right. Now, I just noticed that we've got some early bird donations that happened. Do you oh, want to mention? Should we mention you them? You should do that. I okay. don't have a thing to look at them, so you should I'll, I'll, it. I'll, let, me, let me find it right now. Okay. That's fantastic. Uh, donor report. Uh-huh. Let's see. Um, that guy don't matter. Yeah, you can see it on me. the front page, too. If you just go to Rainbow, it's all they're listed there. Okay. Well, I'm in the back end part. Um, uh, Arian? Mm-hmm. 
and Jamie, J-A-M-I. Mm-hmm. Those are the two. Oh, nice. Uh, awesome. I also kicked in 50 as well. Yeah, good job. Of course. So, thank you very much. Yeah. For your very generous donations. Yes, absolutely. And we're off. We're off. We're off to a good start. Yeah. Because the page has only been up for a few hours. Yeah, we <laughs> and we've only started like announcing it in the last like two hours. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you go to happyjacks.org slash rainbow, it will redirect you to the what's the the interface we're using? Mighty Mighty Cause. Mighty Cause. Yes. And we worked with them last year. Yeah. Well, we worked with uh, GiveMN, which is a, a branded version of Mighty Cause. Yeah. Just, this this year, we just went directly to the. The parent yeah. thing, and they were great. Um, they were very communicative with us last year, um, and they're just they, they take a the smallest percentage of we could find of any interface. Yeah. So and they were very helpful, and they're great. There's also an option on there um, when you make a donation. Uh, it will give you like let, like make a fifty dollar donation. It will say fifty six dollars and thirty eight cents or something like that, and that's the credit card transaction fees. And the fees that uh, Mighty Cause takes, right. so you have the option to pay a little more than the than what your donation is, mm-hmm. so that Rainbow Railroad gets that whole the amount. whole amount. That's awesome. Yeah, is that right? All right. Uh, uh, so should we go into the first email? Yeah, I, I don't know. Should we take bets first though, and if anybody gets their times confused and gets confused with... And I get woken up in the middle of the, the night to complain again. That was me last year, so... Right. <laughs> um, we'll I'm see. not going to take that No, bet. I don't want to. <laughs> Knock on wood. We don't want that It's to tough. It's tough. Especially, it's that, especially that coveted 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. Oh, slot. Man. Last year, my brain melted. Like, I was sitting there playing masks at one point, and someone's like, okay, what do you do? And I literally just, like, could not think of anything. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. You couldn't think. <laughs> like, I stopped, like, just registering. I was like, I, I literally can't think of any single thing like, and no, at and all. no one's doing the whole run. No, no, so no. So we're, no. we're, we're, we're not <laughs> sleep-depriving everyone for 24 hours Yeah, we straight. have a, yeah. We have a, a couple of people who are amazing and signed up for more than one time slot. Um, and right. But for the most part, it's completely fresh games every four hours. Right. So. Am I signed up to play anything? I don't think I am. No, I'm you're just, just running. running. I'm running at 8 a.m. Yeah. Do you want to do a rundown quick of the I, games? Yes, I should do that. So uh, right after this, at 8 p.m., we have Adam, who's running Spirit of 77. Mm-hmm. After that, we have Emily, who's running Girl Underground. Then she's running from midnight to 4 a.m. From mm-hmm. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., we have Jason, who's running a Masks. How did uh, he score that awesome slot? <laughs> He offered, man. Oh, he did? Okay, yeah. all right. And Good on him. It, and he did it last year, so I knew he would, like, show up. Right. <laughs> uh, so 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, from 8 a.m. to noon, we've got you and right. you're running Traveler. I'm running Traveler, uh, what is it called? It's the uh, Groom Bridge 34 incident, and it's set in Exodus. <laughs> yes, very nice. Um, so you have to deal with all the follow-up from our campaign. Ha, ha, Yes. Um, <laughs> it actually takes place before. Oh, okay. Yes, all right. Um, from noon to 4 uh, p.m., we've got Chris Gray. He's running the Great American Novel, um, mm-hmm. a new kind of hack he's made of it. So he's kind of... He's, well, he's, he's been experimenting this. with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's very exciting. Um, and then, finally, closing us out from 4 p.m. tomorrow to 8 p.m., we've got Abria, um, and she's running Overlight, I believe is the name of the system. Really? So it's okay. very exciting. Excellent. Oh, God, I all remembered right. it all. That's amazing. You did. <laughs> I, I, was, I was expecting you to have it written down somewhere. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't. I, I, I should. I should. All right. Uh, so, uh, Winter Court... Games without travel, and mm-hmm. this is this is from Andrew. Okay. Hello, Stu, and all the rest of the Jacker crew. Just me. 
just just you. Uh, we have run a lot of L5R in our group, including the completion of a, quote, living world, end quote, campaign oh. that consisted of two intertwined campaigns run by myself and one of my friends. It was an incredible achievement for us that ended in a special court session where every player took the role of one of each of the clans to make the final decision about the fate of the Empire and the family line. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since this, everyone has wanted to play a real court game. Oh. Rather than just a one shot, I finally agreed to run to try running a court game for my group, and it brought up an interesting complication. How do you keep a game interesting when everyone is stuck in one location? Is this even something that can work for more than a few sessions? <clears throat> Please take a drink and discuss. Uh. Uh, my apologies, Canada. <laughs> oh, and, I, and Rainbow Railroad is Canadian based. Yeah charity as well so i apologize to them too for burping in case they're offended by my guests so Mm -hmm. court i've never run a court game no i've only run travely games Mm -hmm. where you go places and you do things and that most role-playing games it's usually kind of what you do but not always i mean there are games where you're sort of kind of restricted uh the mode of sin Mm -hmm. you guys are on your island yeah i mean you're not stuck inside of a castle Mm -hmm. or a keep but you're on an island and you go to different places and you do things, and it you didn't really venture off there very often. Right. All all the stuff happened there, so I don't think that's, I don't think it's difficult, um, to get your mind around running a game without travel. Mm-hmm. What you need to think of it, 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 it's like the difference between any other Star Trek and DS Nine. Yeah. That it's like sense. instead of boldly going, you boldly you stay. stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. And the, the the big thing is you got you just got to make sure, as the GM, that you have enough complications, enough NPCs, yeah, drama, d- yeah, th- point points where the, the players have to make critical decisions, yeah. difficult decisions, especially yeah. in L five R because you're yeah. you're always you're constantly balancing the tenets of, of Bushido, right? Yeah. So you're you're you, you always want to try to find that moment where they have to make a decision. And either one is going to violate one of the tenants, so they have to kind of like uh, fight yeah. over which what it's going to be, or or you know, stab each other over what it's going to be, or whatever. But I, I think if you keep if you keep the players busy, mm-hmm. they don't get bored. Because yeah. you guys weren't bored in the Moto Sin game. No, uh-huh. you were the opposite. We were the opposite of, you were overwhelmed. Of we were overwhelmed by all the things. Right. You can actually you can actually go too far, which yeah. I think I did. It's like <laughs> throwing out complications to complications. Well we also just uh, just like like you'd like to say like the balancing plates thing, like just over and over with like we wouldn't make decisions. Yeah, the spinning the, the spinning the spin, plates. That's spinning what it is. plates. Yeah. Um I think also one of the things you really have to keep in mind is like trust is a huge thing in court. Um, in L5R and knowing who you can trust and who you can't and maybe doubting oh well I thought I could trust them but then suddenly I told them this thing and now someone else knows that thing like finding ways to make them doubt their own alliances with other with with NPCs and other people don't do that with the party you don't want the party to distrust each other well maybe you do maybe you do I mean be careful right Um, but like making them like always a little on edge like they should never feel comfortable at court especially if it's like a winter court where they're all like trapped there and they're stuck right? yeah and they're stuck um that should not be something that they're ever like relaxed in. it's not a vacation <laughs> 
So. And I think there's kind of a to-do list for for, for courtiers coming into a winter court. Mm-hmm. One of the things is they need to have a safe place where they can communicate openly. Yes. And that's going to be hard. Yeah. Because there's always doorways, there's always hallways, and people peeking or they're sneaking around mm-hmm. and overhearing things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and because it's winter, it's not super great to be outside a lot. Right. So, like, that's what those nice gardens are for. Like, quiet conversations where you can see everyone around you. Right. But it's snowing and cold. Right. So, you're probably not going to want to go out there. Not a lot. So, I mean, but having having the a place where you know that what you're saying is secure, mm-hmm. I think is one of those things very early on mm-hmm. the, the the characters are going to want to identify and secure. Yeah. And the other thing is there's going to, you're, you're going to front load it. And I, I actually, I wouldn't front load it. I would because I mean, winter court starts when it starts, but mm-hmm. you know, you've got to travel and travel takes a long time in the winter or the early winter. So, Instead of saying, okay, here's the, 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 the 50 NPCs in the keep. No, don't do that. No. That's exhausting. Slow roll them. Yeah. You know, say, mm-hmm. oh, well, there's when you arrive, there's this group from this clan, and there's this group from this clan, and, of course, the hosts, yeah. wh- whoever they are. And so, <clears throat> you know, introduce those people, give them a little bit of time to interact, and then maybe two or three days later, oh, here comes the, here comes the Phoenix clan. Mm-hmm. And then and maybe a week after that, here comes the Scorpions. And then a week after that, here comes the Crane. Yeah. And then, you know, slow roll all these people in and let them get to know each other. Because when you're having a court game, to me, there's not a lot of dice rolling, a lot of talking. Yeah. It's a lot of character interaction between the GM and the players. Mm-hmm. Learning that who the people are, trying to figure out what it is they're there for, what their goals are, if they align with yours and you can work together, or if you're at cross purposes and that you're going to end up being not friendly to each other. Right. I would actually start possibly not at court. I would maybe do your first session of your, like, depending, like, if you're doing uh, the parties all from the same clan. Then have them do like one session before they leave for winter court together in a safe place so they can like get to know each other as players and get to know each other as like characters. Um, so they can build a little bit of rapport so they're not trying to figure each other out while they're trying to figure out court. Right. Because um, that'll be very helpful um, uh, to have those character connections already formed before they get there. And then once they get there, they kind of have a, you, you know, a unified front. They know where everybody stands, all the, that. Um, so it'll give them a little more backstory. It's more likely they're not all going to be from the same clan, but I'd still have them meet along the way, yeah. on the road, and that they all happen to stop at the same inn mm-hmm. yeah. on the way there. And they need to have a common purpose. Yeah. So it's, I, can't, I mean, that's got to be, maybe, but I mean, it would also be, I mean, yeah, that's going to be tricky. Like, like, I guess we've only ever played L5R games where everyone's the same clan. That's because it's never, it, <laughs> I cannot wrap my head around me having a party made up of all these different clans because that's where the conflict usually is. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it can be, you know, Rokugan versus the Shadowlands, yeah. but that's just D&D with, with Sample yeah. Sorts. yeah. But if you're playing an actual game where that where there's conflict between all of the different clans, yeah. How does that party work together? Right. Now, now normally the 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 way it works is like a what what do they call what is it the emerald champion, champion or, yeah. or one of the champions sends them out as magistrates or something like that to go investigate something. So it's a group of people who have been given a task. Yeah. And 
But but you d- you tend not to have a whole lot of latitude in what yeah. you can do that way, unless, you're, unless you're Scorpio. Yeah, well, especially in a winter court game, like right. I can't I can't fathom how that would work unless like there was a murderer at court or something. It was like a mystery and. Oh, there better you be know. three or four murders at court. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, no, a, a, someone that they're trying to together work together who's after the emperor or something, and those people from other clans are all working together for this one purpose. Mm-hmm. That's the only kind of situation I can see in a winter court setting where you'd really have um, people from multiple clans all really working to help each other or working together, even if they were trying to backstab each other. Because the rest of the time, so much of Winter Court is, like, vying for attention. Right. And, like, pushing other clans down to push your clan up. So definitely, like, have either a very clear thing that they are all asked to do at court, which is, there's a very small list of those things. Right. Or have them all be from the same clan. I could almost see a multi-clan court game almost being like playing diplomacy. Yeah. <laughs> totally, actually. <laughs> it really could be. In fact, you know, I. it's kind of a tangent. There is a... Someone made a Rokugan map that you can use for diplomacy. Oh, that's cool. It's got all of the... Cl- it's got the clans, uh, and those are, those are mm-hmm. instead of the the great powers, you, you you pick a clan, and then they've they basically recreated the... Ro- There's been so many Rokugan yeah. maps, but they recreated a Rokugan map that you can use as a as a diplomacy board. Yeah. That would be such a fun game to play. As Britcher in the chat room says, it sh- we sh- uh, they should play Murder on the Marisabishi Toshi Express. Marisabishi Toshi. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I don't know if I would run a whole campaign for, for for Inukai. I might run like a three or four session thing. For a, a court game, you mean specifically? A court, uh, yeah. Specifically a court game, because he asked that earlier yeah. in there as well. I don't know, though. I, like, I feel like... Like, where I am as a gamer now, like, I could see a campaign of that. Like, not a super long campaign, but now that we've, I mean, we've played a bunch of systems that a lot of them end up not being super fighty campaigns. Um, I feel like if anybody could talk for an entire campaign without rolling (laughs) dice, we could find the people here. I believe in us. Yes, (laughs) I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think the big big takeaway, if you're going to run a court game, or any game where you're not going to have a lot of travel... The GM has a lot of upfront prep to do because you're going to have to come up with a lot of NPCs, yeah. uh, and and you you really you, I mean you can come up with them on the fly, but at least for me they're they usually end up being better if I had some time to prepare them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a few NPCs that I've introduced in the vampire game I'm running right now, mm-hmm. and I actually sat down and wrote out like what their personalities are and their idiosyncrasies and quirks. Yeah. And so far, <coughs> there's at least one or two of them that the party's kind of glommed onto a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's the, the Malkavian, uh, 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 not, not Seneschal, what's the term I'm thinking of? The guy who, the, Primogen. Yeah, Primogen. Uh, I'm like, I don't know, can't read your mind yet. We're I close, but... Silas the Great. Ah. And he's a mountain man. And so I basically cool. kind of modeled him after the guy <laughs> with the with the bear head. Uh-huh. From um, True Grit, the remake of True Grit. Oh, nice. I am also a dentist. That guy? <laughs> okay. I kind of modeled him after that. but And you really, I mean, if you're going to run that kind of game, your NPCs are, are the lifeblood of that campaign. Yeah. I mean, you don't have the big giant dragons or the set pieces or the, yeah. the mystery of going to unknown places. Mm-hmm. So your NPCs basically are your landscape, and you got to spend a lot of time on them and make them unique. And make them intricate. Yeah. Because if they're not, yeah, 
that's that's not a challenging game. Yeah. What the the challenge from court games doesn't come from the fights. It comes from the rigid structure and the rigid, uh, uh, I guess, like uh, manners mm-hmm. that are needed. So make sure, like, it sounds like your 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 group has already played a bunch of L five R, so they probably know a bunch of it already. But make sure they're very clear. Like, before they go to court, like, these are the rules. This is how you address things. Because that's kind of the fun, too, of it, of, of, like, handling the problems and handling the drama that comes their way without breaking protocol and without, like, uh, dishonoring themselves. So it's it, you have to work in very tight confines, and you have to be very creative about solving problems w- that come up. Um, without accidentally insulting someone or dueling, just dueling everybody, because that's not fun. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's fun for you, but it's not fun for me. This reminds me, um, I've talked about this once before, because the first time I ran L5R, I watched a shit ton of samurai movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. And the, the Japanese Imperial Ministry of Information or something, mm-hmm. during World War II, produced a film that's about six hours long. It's called 47, 47 Ronin. Yeah. It's not the Keanu Reeves film. No, that don't watch that for information. No. The, the Keanu Reeves I enjoyed one. it. It's a fun movie. It's fine, but don't, that's not, don't look at that. No, don't I, want that. Maybe the only film he didn't say whoa in, though. But, <laughs> getting back to the original. Which is actually pr- produced by the government of Japan. It was produced by, it was a, it was a propaganda piece. Yes. For the war effort. And in that film, and it's a two-part, each one's like three hours long, and it drags. But I watched the whole damn thing. And it starts out in a court, and something happens to the daimyo Mm -hmm. of of these 47 samurai. Yeah. And he ends up drawing his blade on someone. I don't think he attacked him. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But just doing that, he was compelled to commit seppuku. Yeah. So he had to kill himself, and that turned these 47 samurai into ronin. Yeah. And the vast majority of that film is them deliberating what they should do. Mm-hmm. I mean, hours and hours of them sitting around trying to figure out what, they're, what they should do, trying to gather information. That's kind of what it would be like. Hard film to find. It was on Hulu back when Hulu used to have a ton of samurai movies on it. They had, mm-hmm. used to have a ton of Asian films. This is when Hulu kind of first got started. Yeah, all that stuff is off there now. Yeah, because Letterkenny. But that <laughs> well, yeah. not so why, but that kind of gives you sort of a feel for what it's going to be like. It's a lot of lot of people sitting around posing and talking. Mm-hmm. Clothes are very important. They are. Yeah. But but I but I think let me just get back to the the sort of like the main my main takeaway about NPCs mm-hmm. and how important they are. The other thing you need to remember, and this is something that I did in the Mode of Sin game, when you're in one place, you have to bring the adventures to the party rather than have them go out and find the adventures. Yes. So mm-hmm. maybe there's someone unexpected. Maybe someone from the Scorpion Clan wasn't invited, but one showed up. And you've got to be courteous to people, so they let them in, and suddenly there's this wrench inside <laughs> of things. And, I mean, you need to have... The GM should always, in in this kind of game, should always have three or four things they can throw in to create a complication of some kind. Mm-hmm. This might be they discover that here's here's the representatives of these two clans over here who are currently at war, right? Yeah. And one of the party members happens to notice them whispering to each other in the corner. 
what's that all about? Mm-hmm. We need to figure out what that's all about because we need all the information we can get. Yeah. You know, are they, is that, you know, is this war for show and mm-hmm. it's really, there's really some other purpose to it? Are these two secretly lovers? I mean, there's all kinds of things so it can be. It's drama. It's all about drama. It is. So, I mean, but always try to have two or three things that you can throw in in your back pocket when things start when there starts to, when there starts to be a lull yeah and at some point just like every other <clears throat> every other campaign at some point the party's going to find their sea legs and they're going to start acting as they're going to start acting proactively mm-hmm. and they're going to have plans at that point then you can kind of sit back and relax yeah but prior to that you need to have things to throw in to make things to put depths of complexity into what's going on. Yeah, I think. No, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Drama. Oh, we've had a couple more uh, donations. Donations we have. Uh, James, thank you very much. Who? And uh, Master Vidar. Uh, Lloyd. Yeah, but it says on behalf. Four. Yeah. Yeah. For Master Vidar. Thank you, guys. Master Vidar. Master Vidar. <laughs> years. I years just of got me, it. Years no. of me saying that. Hey. <laughs> All right. Comic All right. bookstore Comic experience book from store Eric. Experience. Who's in the chat room? Hi, chat room. By there's the way, there's a lot of people in the chat room right now. Are there really? Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's Holy Thirty-nine metric. people hanging out. Hi. And we haven't even started the game yet. Welcome to Happy Jacks. If you've no. never been, been here. here before. <laughs> Aren't you glad you dressed up, Stu? I almost put... I couldn't I find my tie. Find I couldn't find the tie. If oh, I had okay. found the tie, I would have worn my tux. <laughs> so instead of wearing my strategic gun t-shirt. Yes, that's good. They're also doing... This is the real Happy Jacks experience. Is you and tie-dye, I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> I don't know, Strategicon and tie-dye shirts, man. It's a thing. They love tie-dye shirts. They, they always have a tie-dye. <laughs> all right. Comic book store experience from Eric in New Jersey. Hello, all you wonderful people. It's Eric from New Jersey yet again. I'm sorry I'm writing in again, but blame Erica Odd for this. I posted this in the forums, and she said it would make a great email. Okay, maybe blame me, not Erica. I uh, would blame you both equally. Yeah. Ah, we love emails. It's great. Yeah, we kind of need them. Yeah. Uh, My dear nine-year-old Jacob, uh, my dear nine-year-old Jacob decided he wanted to start painting minis. I never painted minis, so I watched some YouTube videos about it and then took him to a paint night at the local comic book store on Minis Paint Night. They have paint nights at your comic book store? That's awesome. That's very cool. I mean, we have the paint paint and take yeah. at uh, Strategicon mm-hmm. where they, they like give you a mini and there's a bunch of paint and brushes and, paint, and, paint. Yeah. and they and the people who are working it a lot of them kind of know what they're doing yeah they do so they'll stuff. and if you ask they'll kind of help you out they help the little kids out and stuff mm-hmm. like that they won't help me <laughs> actually they might have they asked. might if you ask <laughs> yeah I wasn't sure if you wore your, your tie-dye t-shirt they totally would maybe <laughs> I wasn't sure how long uh, how long uh how the longtime Warhammer painters would react to some nine-year-old and his clues dad coming in on, quote, their night at the store. To say the other painters were extremely accommodating would be an understatement. Several of the painters helped explain things to Jacob and I about painting, and one of them cracked me up by telling Jacob, now remember, 
It's your miniature, so paint it whatever colors you want. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they took the time out of their painting to help a little kid learn a new hobby. The staff of the store was awesome, too, because they had loaner paints, which they let us use because they wanted to make sure we would enjoy it first before we started making an investment in paints. That is so awesome. That's amazing. That, that is, is so cool. I bet you all those Warhammer guys who were super friendly, they all play Thousand Sons. <laughs> they're the best. <clears throat> they're, I mean, it just... I love that. I love that, like, they're just, like, excited about a kid getting excited about their hobby. Like, it's one more person you can play Warhammer with. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, or, the, that's or the whole nice. thing. <laughs> Warhammer, it's like 60 hours of painting for five hours of play. It's true. <laughs> Or 600 hours of painting. <laughs> <laughs> so much painting. It's crazy. Uh, we went back this past Thursday, the week before Thanksgiving, for another paint night. Everyone remembered Jacob and gave him a, a place to sit at the table with them. One painter said that he, sh- uh, he had two surprises for Jacob. Jacob had painted a horse the prior week. And David had uh, and David had three D printed a horse to go with the cart. I think he, maybe oh. he painted a cart, cart. or or, or he three D printed, printed a cart, cart for right. the horse. Yes, that is so awesome. awesome. David also remembered a conversation with Jacob from the prior week about how to train your dragon and presented Jacob with a six inch long dragon named Toothless for Jacob to paint. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I want to go give all these people hugs. It's amazing. This is like the best feel-good story ever. And these are Warhammer guys. What up? Where do you, Where is it? New Jersey? Is this in Jersey? <laughs> Holy shit. That's the East Coast. You guys are mean, aren't you? No, I don't. I don't. We apologize. I've heard that. Oh, this, is, this is great. Maybe that's just New York. Maybe. I don't know. I would say wow. people were really nice. That is they a didn't fa- give me minis. Like, what a fantastic place. Yeah. Uh, several of the workers made Jacob show off his toothless when it was painted and made my child feel like a million bucks. That is so awesome. That is amazing. All in all, the kindness of my, the kindness of my fellow gamers gives me pause. For all the horror stories we hear, there I'm actually like choking up. This is like really nice. <laughs> For all the horror stories we hear, there are great people in this hobby, and these nights proved it. Also, the comic book store they would give me all the support I needed if I wanted to run demos of Savage Worlds, which they knew very little about, and PBTA games, which they've never even heard of. I feel like a missionary. <laughs> 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 which I would take, <laughs> which I will take them up on when my copy of Suede gets to the store. So here's a public salute to the por- uh, the Portal Comics and Gaming in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, uh, and ga- the Portal, the Portal Comics and the Gaming. The Portal Comics and Gaming. Yes, I get it. There's not a thing. There's no picture. I know. The Portal Comics and Gaming in Bethlehem, PA. Both employees oh, and it's in customers. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. With a so special with a special shout out to Warhammer enthusiasts Brendan and David for their help and advice. That is so awesome. That's so good. As always, I hope everything finds you well. Stay tipsy, stay diverse, stay jackin'. Eric from New Jersey. That is so good. It is. They like 3D printed him special <laughs> stuff? A cart with his horse? That's that is like fantastic. Thing. And they like didn't even know for sure he'd come back. Like they just did it hoping he'd come back so much that like anticipating that he might come back, they like made things for him. <laughs> that is so nice. It is. Alright. That is so cool. It's fantastic. So uh, I can either pull up another email because we've still got 18 minutes. Yeah. I can either pull up another email or I can do an AMA. Uh, I don't know. We could do both, I feel like. What, let's do an AMA an while you pull up an email. So okay. ask us anything. If well, the, within reason. Within reason in the chat room, yes. Don't ask what my social security number is. That won't happen three times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or oh, my driver's license number. Uh, and Erica's odd is in the chat room. She says there's pictures of the cart on the forum. So if you go to happyjacksforum.com or happyjacks.org slash forum. Yeah, you can... Uh, <laughs> you can <laughs> Paying that five bucks a year. Okay. <laughs> you can go and see uh, the cool painted cart. I want to see that. What color are my favorite dice? What color are your favorite dice? Oh, the changes. Right now, they're like this cool greeny blue, and they kind of change. They're iridescent when you roll them. They're like different. Um, they're my favorite right now. Um. I don't know, but the, my favorite <laughs> that I've got right now oh, you've got the are cool, these. Oh, the cool metal ones. Yeah. With the, the, the gold these and are black. From, these are from Kraken, mm-hmm. I think. And they're black with gold. Yeah, those are nice. I like those. Yeah. That, I'm using those for Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. But they're only my favorite dice because I'm using them right now. One of my favorite dice are the dice I use. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest rules quibble recently in streaming in recent streaming memory. Quibble. I don't know if we have quibbles. Oh, the biggest one that we've had was when Stork was doing character creation for Vampire. Oh. And he was trying to make a character with a disadvantage that wasn't a disadvantage. Uh. <laughs> At least that's my side of the story. <laughs> well, he's not here, so that's the, that, that was... So that was... Um, so tell us. He made a character who was a bagger, mm-hmm. which means he doesn't drink... Doesn't, or li- oh, right. doesn't drink from people. He wants to drink bagged blood. Yes. Right? Uh, but he had something... I don't remember what it was, but there was he had, he'd taken this thing... That I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's like okay, wait a second. That sort of precludes the whole like vampire monster cost yeah. thing. Got I don't it. remember exactly what it was, but that's the that's the the most recent one I can think of. Got it. That wasn't a major quibble. I mean, it was like brand new system hasn't been run a lot, so that you know, yeah, there's there's still some discrepancies in it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Davey O'Mac, hey, is EasyRollerDice.com still a sponsor? I tend to buy dice from them, though. Uh, uh, is, that's, there's the other dice ca- company that is being shilled. It switches. Actually, we have different things. Yeah. So, like, some episodes are sponsored by one company. Um, uh, Easy Roller, um, like, is still a great friend of ours. We love them. They're fantastic. We all still use their dice trays to carry uh, our dice around in. Absolutely. Um, that's what I just... Yeah, picked it up. Um, and then we've got Dice Envy, um, who uh, Abrino uh, is working for them. She's their CMO and acting CEO right now, um, and they donated a bunch of stuff. So we are uh, we, we're in a poly relationship with dice companies. Yeah. We, uh, we do not discriminate. We like we like a lot of them. Game most looking forward to playing this year. I I might be interested in actually running a L five R court game now. <laughs> I know now that we just spent all the time. <laughs> I'm having a blast with my mask game. That's the one that I was like looking forward to doing, and it's just amazing right now. There's so much drama. It's like people are like, "You're running Monster Hearts with masks." There's so much drama. Um, so uh, Jason called it Masker Hearts. <laughs> Masker Hearts. <laughs> what is the coolest thing that you had planned that never happened because the campaign took a left turn? <gasps> oh my God! Jason says we're poly romantic. <laughs> <laughs> We're poly romantic. That's hilarious because it's dice. Get it? Okay, I thought you're right. it's very good. What I is the coolest? What is the coolest thing you had planned that never happened because of a, the campaign took a left turn? Oh, Ex- my Exodus setting for Traveler, the freaking so Merchant much. Guild. It just oh, never came never up, happened. and they're freaking crazy. Yeah. I sent out on, to the Patreon people. I sent out the, that section of the chapter mm-hmm. on them, and they're like, "Yeah, I can see why you didn't put them in there." <laughs> <laughs> Because they're nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. I think I had... Oh, I don't even remember everything about it, but I was running my Wild West Wild Talents game, Wild Wild Talents. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this crazy thing planned um, for them if they went 
to the Standing Stones at one point where this crazy magic thing was going to happen, and they just like, never did it again. Oh, so really? They, I mean, it was still a very good game. I was like, okay, going to switch things up now because I thought that's what was going to happen, but never mind. Um, any Savage Worlds games in the future? I'll, I'll run Savage Worlds again. I like Savage Worlds. Yeah. Prep light, man. Yeah. Well, I think also Nick has one that he oh, wants he does. to run. Okay. I think. Because Deadlands isn't that one a uh, Savage Worlds one? It, yeah, there's a, there's a Deadlands version of Savage Worlds. There's also Deadlands on its own. Sorry, Deadlands. Deadlands. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. I think he was going to, he's interested in running the Savage Worlds one, but I'm not 100% sure. What's your single most favorite memory from any of the APs you've been involved in? Mm hmm. Uh, I'm sorry? What's your single most favorite memory from any of the APs you've been involved in? Uh, Jason says one of his is it has to be Samantha eating a zombie in the Fallout game. Mm -hmm. That's a very recent memory. Right. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um... I don't know. I know what mine is. Yeah, go. Uh, The the last L5R game we ran, Mm -hmm. uh, when... uh, you guys met with the daimyo, mm-hmm. and he bequeathed to each of you a sword from one of your <gasps> ancestors. <laughs> and you guys are like, "Oh my!" That it, that's very close to mine too. <laughs> like, I legitimately started crying when I like when we were getting the swords, and one of them got someone got a kume sword. <gasps> <laughs> like that's the, the crazy thing about that campaign is just like now that we've played like so many generations of it, it's like it's got its own history. It's now. got so much history with it. It's yeah. amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, I get goosebumps when I think about that. That's a good one. Um, I think one of my favorite moments <laughs> is when Adrian... Oh, spoilers, but if you haven't watched the original Vampire campaign, uh, when Adrian died. It was oh, yeah. super, like, oh, like, this character I played for a really long time, it was like... But it was like an interesting, powerful death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to come back as, like, said I asshole and just, like, fuck every <laughs> shit, everyone shit up. Like, I just got to throw all the wrenches after being, like, the good leader and prince for, like, so long. It was right. just like, ha <laughs> I'm free, you fools. It was very fun. Uh, a recent memory would be the, the, uh, the, uh, Reaction uh, you and Pooja had when Dave's character in the Call of Cthulhu game is in the absolute darkness and starts flicking his lighter. Yeah. Oh, that was terrifying. That was last episode. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh my god, it was like um, the angels from uh, from Doctor. Kind Who. of, yeah. And it's like he was. They were in absolute darkness, and I wasn't even there. My character wasn't there, and I right. was so creeped out. And like he'd flick the lighter because it wouldn't go on. Right. It's, every, so it's just the sparks. It's just from a the spark flint. for just a, like millisecond. And every time there's like these grinning faces that like get closer. I was just like, oh no, no, <laughs> stop with the lighter, put the lighter is, away. Yeah, please you don't want to see. Don't anything. do that. You don't want to see that. <laughs> it was a great scene. <laughs> and that totally came from Dave taking his lighter, and I'm like, oh no, it'd be cool. Yeah. No, if, it, like it won't light, and it flicks. And he sees what's there, but only for an instant. Yeah. That was fun. Oh, gosh. A a recent one. I think... Oh, man. I've had so many good ones recently. Yeah, I have to think about Uh, that more. I can't pick one. Um... We probably, let's see, it's 7.49. Probably got time for one or two more questions. Yeah. If anyone has any more questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all just now talking about cool moments from the APs. <laughs> GM Radio Rob, uh, he says, I always remember Samantha as the dragon hatchling in the Rifts game. Oh my god, you're poutine. I didn't kill her. I didn't kill her. No, you didn't. It was a- No, it wasn't her. 
No, it wasn't. No, it, it would have been her. It was <laughs> going to be her. And then Bill, like, stepped in the way. Right. Oh, man. That was Get a good his one. blaze of glory thing. Yeah. I have a question. What is one uh, system that we haven't played at all on Happy Jacks that you'd like to see? Not necessarily you run, but have somebody run sometime. As an AP? As an AP, yeah. Uh, we, ha- we have not run GURPS. That's true. We've run one shots. Yeah, we've been run one, one shots or two one shots, but we yeah. haven't run an actual campaign. I would totally run a. I would love to run like an old low fantasy. That'd be cool. Gerps, Gerps game. That would be fun. That'd be very cool. <laughs> we've never had anyone run champions either, right? In an AP, no. Not an AP. Yeah. That's because uh, time slows to a crawl when you get into combat. That's true. It's a. I love the combat system. Yeah. But boy, it takes a lot of time. We've never had a Pathfinder either. Nope. I've got Starfinder. I've been reading through it. Yeah. There's some interesting stuff. Finder in space. Right. Space Finder. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like calling it. Yeah. Can you folks talk about the alien RPG for spin? Oh, take that. Oh, uh, actually, uh, Kadev is going to be streaming that from the con. Oh, that's right. He just got the the new alien RPG, and he really likes it. So that'll be one of the the one shots that are streamed from the con. Then it's the weekend of February 14th through the 17th. Because right. it just happens to hit both Valentine's Day and my anniversary, of and my husband does. is super excited about that. Right, he loves hanging out with a bunch of <laughs> gaming nerds. Yeah, uh, he makes all our graphics, so he doesn't hate us too much. Right. <laughs> well, at least not, he doesn't hate one of us. <laughs> yeah, one of us. <laughs> no. Uh, Any more? Is that it? Seven fifty-two. We're good. We're good. We're fine. Uh, other questions? Hmm. And we're about to. Have you heard any? Is anyone out there? Yeah, they're out there. They're oh, loud. they are. Okay. <laughs> they're ready. They're I, loud. Because I, I have a camera set up out there so I yeah. can see what people are doing. And Jason says he's is. very excited to run Impulse Drive at the con. Awesome. So he's running that. Yeah, we have a bunch of really cool stuff at the con. I'm going to be running Traveler again. Yeah, that's good. That's okay. A different a different people adventure. Like but yeah. yeah. You've created an entire giant setting system for it. So, 175 pages, <laughs> and it's basically done. But I need it. it There's so many typos in it. So many typos. I, I need to. I, I got to go yeah. through it myself, editing wise, and then I yeah. need to send it to a proofreader. Why don't I just talk really quickly uh, for those of you who may have missed the very beginning? Because there's a lot more people here now. Oh, someone uh, is asking what Adam's oh. running tonight. Oh, Adam is running Spirit of '77. So he's running that in like. Five minutes by Monkey Fun Studios. Yeah, by Monkey Fun Studios, friend of the show, Monkey Fun Studios. Um, prizes tonight, if you didn't hear earlier, for our grand prize for the biggest donation, and we're actually leaving the charity um, page up for a whole month because the more money we can get for this amazing cause, the better. Um, the top don- donor for the entire month will get a year-long subscription to the Envy Level monthly box from Dice Envy. So every month you get new dice in your mail. And that's amazing. We also have Dungeon in a Box. They've given us a couple boxes that we're giving away. We have this amazing bundle of 12 download codes from amazing indie game designers. So you get free games and cool stuff. Hero Forge sent us a code so you can get uh, minis and stuff custom made for free or for lower cost, depending on how expensive you pick. Um, we have a publisher's copy of Icarus from Hunters Entertainment and Spencer Stark. Um, we have sets of cursed dice that have been touched by Stork and they come with a signed certificate from Stu. Um, We have amazing oversized rainbow D20 dice from Dice Envy. Um, We have um, we have a... Wait, where's the other thing? Oh, we have a Magpie Games bundle. We've got two of those. One of one of them has masks and urban shadows, and the other one has uh, a bunch of their Ashcan games in there. Um, We also have a... Uh, Quiddy metal dice set, a fancy dice set 
um, named after Adira Bria, um, with a beautiful wooden case. And there's one more thing. Where is it? Sorry, I have paper. Oh, and we have a Fantasy Grounds Ultimate License that we're also giving away at different times tonight. Excellent. So lots of things. Tune in at different times. Um, the uh, Dice Envy subscription is like the for the month, the highest owner gets that. And all the other ones are based on tuning in at certain times tonight and being here and donating during those times. So it's very exciting. So all you people in all those different time zones out there will all have your chance this is your without time. having to stay up until the wee hours in the morning. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're about done. Yep. Uh, there's one other thing. Happyjacks.org slash rainbow. Happyjacks.org slash rainbow. Someone yep. asked about Moment of Truth. Yes, Moment of Truth still exists. Uh, I'm working on the Traveler thing right now, but I'm actually kind of working on a revision of Moment of Truth. Mm. So... Um, but that that's in the in the works. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. We can multitask. It's exciting. <coughs> kind of. Well, it's I actually can't. single tasking in rapid succession with oh. different things. Okay. <laughs> well, I can multitask. <laughs> I that's can rub good. my tummy. Patting in. your head and rubbing your tummy. I'm impressed. It's about as good as it gets. Well done. I can also play bass and sing at the same time, which is a feat. That's hard. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you very much. Uh, well, uh, well, let's 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 send them out. Okay. Should I, should, I, should I play the old anthem or the new anthem? Old, oh, the original, the best. I don't know the one that we don't get yelled at for. Where is it? I don't oh. know. Yeah. Well, All right. See you later. Thank you for joining us for season twenty-six, episode three of Happy Jack's Episode Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kimmy, and this is Rainbow Railroad. And we're we'll starting. You will. Uh, you will be seeing people in about four or five minutes. Really quick, don't leave or go get caffeine and come back. Thank you very much. We won't have time to leave with a song. No. Goodbye. Presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire.